The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to HubSpot Podcast Network Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to learn about marketing from one of the leaders of the marketing team at one of the world's most important marketing companies. With us today is Kieran Flanagan, who is the Senior Vice President of Marketing at HubSpot, a leading growth platform comprised of a marketing hub, sales hub, and service hub, and a powerful free CRM that enables marketers to grow better. This podcast is also a member of the HubSpot Podcast Network, which makes them the presenting sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far for HubSpot Podcast Network Week, Kieran and I started off talking about what HubSpot's marketing strategies are, how they think about marketing and take a content-centric approach. And today we're going to continue the conversation, digging in deeper, talking about content's role in HubSpot's marketing effort. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Kieran Flanagan, the Senior Vice President of Marketing at HubSpot. Kieran, welcome back to HubSpot Podcast Network Week on the MarTech Podcast. Excited to be back. Excited to continue our conversation. Always a pleasure to chat. Yesterday, we started the conversation talking about what HubSpot is, how you think of your customers, and how you're trying to reach them. And my takeaway is you are a centralized hub for systems that support the sales team, the marketing team, your customer success, sort of all of these what used to be disparate tools for organizations. And you're working off a single code base that allows them to all talk together and sort of share a single source of truth. And you're using content, a bottoms-up approach to sort of get the operators to engage with your content. You got a freemium model, get the organization to start using the tool. And then you work and sort of nurture your way into these larger relationships, which means that content is an incredibly important part of your marketing mix. So let's talk a little bit about building content at HubSpot. What does the content marketing machine look like? We're inherently a team of educators. So HubSpot content has traditionally focused on education. Education is inherently mapped to search. Like people are trying to search for problems they have or solutions that they have. They're trying to search for education that they need. Again, that's why in the first episode, I talked about the insight we had and why inbound marketing became so popular is really through the rise and growth of the internet because people shifted from having to be reliant on people talking to them on the phone versus being able to just actually get answers themselves on the internet. So the content team creates content through our blogs. We create content through our YouTube channel. We create content through this academy we have. Like People 
really love our academy. We create free courses on digital marketing, on sales, customer success, and business growth. And we have a large team and an editorial process where we try to find out all of the things our audience want to educate themselves on, the format that works best for that question they have, and then the best way to create that in terms of the right medium, whether that is blog, podcast, video, or our academy. So I think that there's two things to discuss here. One, the actual content production process, which it sounds like you have a team of in-house content creators as opposed to outsourcing the content production. Talk to me about whether that's true. What's the justification for having writers, video producers, audio editors in-house as opposed to freelancing, or are you doing both? I think if you are going to be a company that is truly successful, you have to have conviction about a couple of things that will differentiate you. We have always believed that software companies in the future will have like these kind of media orgs, media companies within them. So media for us and content for us was always a differentiation. And so we wanted to make that part of the company fabric. So we hire internal writers, we hire internal videographers, we hire internal people who can create podcasts, we hire people who can create world-class education through our academy, because that's how we believe we will differentiate ourselves from competitors. And we have some amount of freelancers that we can work with when needed, but we're for the most part an internal content team. Why do I think that's better? I think it's better because great creators want to work in teams with other great creators. And I think that the companies who can best harness creators, work with creators, and get creators to create and provide the best environment for those people to do their best work will stand out from all of the other competitors. Like we live in a noisy content world. And I think the difference between good content and great content is vast. And I think the companies who can harness an environment where you can create great content is a huge differentiation in the market and something that is very hard for other brands to displace and catch. It seems like the value of having an in-house team is having them have an in-depth understanding of not only the customer, right? They get multiple reps. They're not writing content for different brands. They're really honing in on who the customer is, but also the product as well. How much do you think it matters that the writers, the videographers that you're working with are sort of weaved into the fabric of the organization? Or is it just a great writer is a great writer is a great writer? I was just doing an interview today with someone who asked me, why do we think the media that we create will be different or competitive with what media companies can create? And I think the thing that you ask is one of the differentiations or one of the values where you have writers who are very close to the audience you're creating content for. So they inherently know the customer. They know the problems that that customer has. They're able to kind of research that. We have products that give us data back from a customer set where we can see things that are going well, problems that they have in common, and they know both the customer and the product very, very well. So the content they're able to create is a lot more applicable for that audience. Now, I do think we do hire really great writers, and because they're within the company, they do become very knowledgeable in both the audience, the problems, and the product, and how the product can solve those problems. But they're not really writing specifically about the product. It's more, how do we actually help those people solve their problems before they ever even start to use our product? So I understand the sort of value of having an in-house team. Obviously, there's some costs associated with that. In-house is going to be more expensive for a media business. Keeping the content production low helps improve the profit margins. I'm sure that's for every business, but you've got a different business model where you're able to sell sort of these potentially enterprise-level service agreements 
which allows you to really invest in the highest quality content production. You can afford the in-house team because this serves as your, your marketing budget for a different type of business model than a traditional media business. I guess my next question is, you mentioned before the different verticals of content that HubSpot is creating. You have obviously writers, there's your how-to, your courses, videographers, you do your own in-house audio. How do you decide what the mix is within content, whether you should be creating blog posts, whether this is the right format for audio, you know, a video, a course, how do you think about matching the topic to the medium? You kind of have to think about it in two ways. We're kind of still talking about the educational media approach and we haven't got into inspiration, the kind of company we bought to hustle to accelerate our growth there. On the education side, what we try to do is we have internal analysts that help us spec out the right places to create content and the right questions to answer. And so let me give you an example. On our blogs, we have a team of analysts who are able to tell us across all of these different topics, what are the most common questions people have and what is the best way to answer them? So they're able to say, well, the articles that best answer these questions are a mix of content. They may have a video. And they may have some unique data that shows these people the latest trends within this topic. So they put together this editorial calendar built on data research. And that research goes across keyword tools. It actually goes across looking at what is Google trying to deliver for their audience? Because the best way to think about the intent behind a search phrase is to look to see what Google are showing the audience within that top 10 pages, because Google are ultimately trying to give users the best experience. And so we try to have analysts create editorial calendars based on research, and that maps really well to education. So in YouTube, you can look to see what people are searching for. You can try to get a grasp for what content people want to see. On blog, you can kind of do a similar sort of thing. In the courses we create, somewhat similar. That is a mixture of questions and things that our customers have, because our academy is very focused on how we make our customers more successful, but also the feedback we get from the market and courses that people would find very, very impactful. So I think the answer to that is you have to get somewhat scientific about the right inputs to look at around each medium in terms of why this is worth creating the blog post around, why this is worth creating the YouTube video around, why this is worth creating a large course around. And you need to have like inputs that tell you if this is the correct thing to do or not. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I was thinking that your answer was going to be, we come up with a topic, we analyze the topic, and then we figure out what medium it is. And you take the opposite approach, which is we look at the medium, we analyze what's popular in that medium. I'll take written text, you know, you're doing SEO. Are we doing our keyword research? We're understanding what the common topics are, where we're going to be competitive. And then we're writing that content and we're doing a similar thing in video analyzing YouTube's algorithm, and then what data you can get from your academy as well, which is a really smart approach. I guess the last question that I have for you is, that's great, you create all of this content and you're everywhere. HubSpot is, you know, I don't think that there's a marketer that hasn't seen, been exposed to, or gained value out of HubSpot's content. But having somebody be educated is one thing, having them become a customer is another. So how do you use that content to then bridge the gap to start selling the products? On the blogs, the thing we got really good at is mapping a kind of flow into our products and natural flow into the products from a single blog post. So let me give you an example. I think a lot of companies would create a blog post and then across all of those blog posts have one call to action and here's one thing you can do. What we looked at was we divided all of our content on the blogs into topic clusters. And so we would say all of the content we could create around this one topic will have one really valuable offer that maps to that topic. So let's say we had a topic around PR 
And we have all of this content on the blog around PR. All of that content is interlinked. And within that kind of topic, you have this in-depth ebook on PR, this in-depth template on PR, this course on PR. So we give you one thing to convert on around that topic. You convert on that thing. We send you some additional emails to see if you're interested in that. And then we'll kind of slowly let you see how the tools can help you do the thing that you're looking for help on. So you're looking for informational help. And then when you get to the product, you can see that the product can actually accelerate your help and give you a lot of the solutions that you're looking for through software. Now, some people just want the information. They want to sell this thing themselves. They're not looking for software to solve that thing. And some people are actually helping, are interested in the fact that they have software can help, help them solve the problems they're looking for. So in each platform, we try to obsess over the conversion path that maps to what the user is trying to do or the audience is trying to do. On the blog, we section everything to topic clusters. We create valuable offers within there. On the academy, we actually do these little exercises within our courses. The cool thing about our academy is it's part of the free platform. So when you adopt HubSpot and you have the software within that software, this, this whole academy you get, it's all part of the same sign-in. It's not a different login. You log in to use our software. You can log in and you get academy in the same place. And so within those courses, there's these little exercises and the exercises will show you how to do things on the tools. So there's a course on how do I really grow my search? 90% of that course is all about how you grow your search. Then we have some exercises in there that show you how to do that thing on the product if you want to do that. So each medium, we obsess over the right conversion path that kind of gets you more knowledgeable about the product over time. Yeah, and I think that the marketing exercise here is understanding what topic your customer is interested in, understanding what the micro conversions are, educating them on how your solution helps them solve the problem that you know that they have because they're interested in the topic, as opposed to, I wrote this blog post, do you want a demo call, right? You're sort of working them into experience and engaging the product as opposed to having this hard break of education and then product sale. You're really integrating the two. I think that's a, a valuable and important approach. I think the content strategy is really interesting. I want to dive in deeper and talk specifically about the audio medium. So let's bring you back again tomorrow. and We're going to talk about why HubSpot is getting into podcasting. All right, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Kieran Flanagan, the Senior Vice President of Marketing at HubSpot for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Kieran and HubSpot's tips to successful marketing, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when Kieran and I discuss why HubSpot is building a podcast network. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Kieran, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is searchbrat, S-E-A-R-C-H-B-R-A-T. Or you could visit his personal website, which is kieranflanagan.io. That's K-I-E-R-A-N-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N.io. Of course, you could visit his company's website. It's hubspot.com. Or if you're interested in learning about the HubSpot Podcast Network, you can go to hubspot.com slash podcast network. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.